Yo, what's going on everybody? This is Noah Alvarez and you are tuned into the My Mike and I podcast episode 121. Bumping through your speakers, through your headphones, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I want to thank you everybody for uh, currently tuning into the episode and before we get into this week's show, man, I just want to check check in on you guys, you know, see how you guys are doing. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week, wonderful day, wonderful night, wonderful morning. Whenever you're listening to this, wonderful month. Summer's coming to an end and the school semester is starting. For those of you who are still in school, you know, best of luck to all the students out there, no matter what grade you are in. Because, man, this is one wacky hell of a time right now, for sure, especially to be in school. I, I've, I think I made it public on either social medias or just different podcasts, man. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being in school let alone college with responsibilities, jobs, man, it'd just be so tough. So, you know, prayers out to all of you going through school right now, toughing it out. Best wishes to all of you and your families. Um, yeah, but before we get into this week's episode, 121, did want to tell you to check out Generic Sports, who produced the instrumental playing in the background. You could uh, check out more of his music at SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, be sure to check out my boy Vince Correa. He designed the My Mike and I logo that you're seeing in your screen. We also got a couple stickers coming out, too. Shout out to Vince for designing. Uh, also, shout out to Jules Creations for designing some of those stickers. And we're going to have some stickers up on the Instagram page, as well as my own personal website, available for purchase relatively soon. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. And yeah, now before we get into this week's guest, man, as always, I got to tell you about Popple. It's this revolutionary new digital business card. It's an attachment that goes onto the back of your phone. And however you program it, let's say you have a podcast just like me, you can program it to show the Spotify, Apple, and YouTube page for your podcast when you tap the back of someone else's phone. So it's an attachment that goes on the back of your phone. They don't need that attachment whatsoever, but tap the back of their phone. They will get all your information for your podcast or for your website or for your PayPal or whatever you want to promote. It's super easy to use. And if you use promo code LOCKER, you get 20% off on every single purchase. So use promo code LOCKER for 20% off every single purchase. Now, I also want to tell you about Phoenix Fit. Phoenix Fit, spelled F-N-X-F-I-T dot com. If you use promo code my mic and I with the letter N, you can get 15% off on every single purchase. And what it is, well, it's a fitness supplement brand. They got pre-workouts, your post-workouts, your BCAAs, and a bunch of dope athletic gear too that you can check out some of it on my Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. But yeah, and the coolest thing about Phoenix Fit, every purchase you make, they donate a gallon of water to people in need across the globe. So be sure to go check them out. That's fnxfit.com and use promo code my mic and I spelled my mic the letter N I for 15% off on every single purchase. <clears throat> wow, that was a mouthful. But now we're gonna get into the guest for this week's show. I don't have a desk to uh, to drum roll on as I usually do. Let's see. Let's see if you can hear it on my lap. This week's guest, episode 121, features the one and only Alexis O'Neill. She's the real deal. Her artwork is a steal. Nah, I'm not going to try rhyming. But, uh, yo, Alexis is one of the homies. If you've been following for this podcast for a while, we did a Big Mouth Season 3 review with her and a few other friends of mine. 
and uh, wonderful, talented artist. You know what? Uh, before I know she plugged it at the end of the podcast, but just to plug it here at the beginning, just to make sure I have it right, you got to check out her artwork. It's Alexis O'Neill Art on Instagram. Be sure to go check out some of her artwork. She has her own website too. She's based out of Los Angeles, California. And man, just a wonderful conversation about her and her artwork, what artwork means to the youth, to society and as a whole. We also talked about the WAP video by Megan The Stallion, Cardi B, and, and just all kinds of good stuff, man. She's a really powerful, intellectual, uh, just dope-ass chick doing great things. So without further ado, before I start rambling too much, enjoy the conversation between Alexis and myself. So... I did want to start with the art questions first, but before we get into that, I did want to ask you about the recent WAP video, right? Twitter, kind of like, you know, wild stuff happens on Twitter, but I did want to ask you, why do you think that like, overall, there's like a certain group and particular group of men that feel ultimately like intimidated by a woman who talk about their sexuality like they did in that song and the video with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion? Why do you think that is? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have a very solid answer on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think it just has to do with, okay, it's it's no, it's no lie that men love women's sexuality, um, if that's their sexual preference, of course. But I think that certain groups of men they um, only appreciate women's sexuality when they are the person in power. Mm. So, like for example. Um, you know, a lot of men, they'll talk crap about sex workers, but then they're also the first men who are logging on to Pornhub and yeah. whatnot, or even subscribing to their OnlyFans and stuff like that, you know? So I think like, because it's women taking stand and charge with their own sexuality and putting it out there and it's not on a man's term because, you know, you never hear these men complaining when every fucking rap video ever, yeah. there's women shaking their ass in the background and stuff. So when it's like the man is in power and the women are on the sides, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's no problem. It's only a problem when the women are making profit off it, making hella bang off of it, mm -hmm. teaming up together, especially. I think that's another factor because, mm. you know, men want women to be, like, competing, against, not men, but this specific group yes, of men. Yeah. Like, you know, they want women to be competing for, like, the man's attention. And it's like, when they don't need the man's attention, when they're just like, hey, let's be bad together, it just, mm. like, pisses people off. I think it's, like, rooted in insecurity, really. Mm -hmm. Because uh, even like groups of women too who are hating on the video, I understand there's like a argument about role models, but it's like when I think of role models, I think of like Michelle Obama or yeah. like certain people like you know who their whole job is to be intellectual and things like that. Like right. these people are artists. Artists are meant to be expressive, mm -hmm. crazy. You know that's what art is. And like yeah. when we start trying to censor art, especially, it's like really fucking dangerous because it's like. You know, those feelings are still going to be there if you censor them or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, one, who the fuck is showing this to their kids anyway? Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, <laughs> and, like, two, as a kid, I loved Little Kim. I loved Nicki Minaj. And, like, my auntie bought me the Nicki Minaj, like, back then. It was a CD still. <laughs> and, like, my mom would play it for me and stuff on in the car. And, like, she knew that I liked the music. She knew I didn't really understand what she was saying, you know? It was more about the vibe of it. It was very empowering and just right. lit, you know? It was just like turn up music and like, you know, for back then. And uh, she, my mom did do a good job at saying like, you know, this is one part of life, you know? Yeah. Very sexual, very whatever, like, but it, she's also putting on a brand, you mm -hmm. know? And you have to teach your kids that. Like, this is not, you know, you can't, I mean, you can if you want to, but like, 
this um, brand that these women are putting out there, it is that. It's just a fucking brand. It's an yeah. image that they're selling and stuff. And it might be part of who they are, but there's other aspects of life, too, that you need to be checking those boxes off. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's the parent's job. You know, it's not the fucking artist's job. Like, Yeah, because I don't think as, like, me growing up, I never looked up to a particular artist and was like, oh, like, they're my idol. You know what I'm saying? There's definitely exactly. times where I was like, oh, like, if I ever made music, I'd want to make music like them or... I kind of want to dress like them because even now like early 2000s i don't know if you remember like um oversized jerseys like were like yeah. a big thing and so like, like i have clothes. yeah so i still have like a few like those outfits because like i was inspired by that like genre in that time mm-hmm. but i never thought like oh like the game or 50 cent is like how i want to live my life so i don't think we should be looking to the unless you are like an artist or a rapper or you know a singer maybe yeah. then you can like idolize those particular like lanes but I don't know, like like you said, like we shouldn't always be putting like such a pedestal on artists because they're just people too. You know what I'm saying? And like exactly. you said, like it, it could be whoever, but like Michelle Obama's a good example and, and whatnot. But you bring up a good point too, because like you said music back then, like like nineties, two thousands music, there was a lot of like videos and a lot of songs that talked mm. really like vulgar about women, <laughs> like very disrespectful. I mean, even think about like Too Short, like Too Short's whole like his whole mantra was like calling oh, yeah. one of the B word and like that's what he just ran off of. My so. favorite rapper is Sugar Free. And <laughs> <laughs> he just talks about pimping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just like a vibe, you know? I'm not yeah. listening it so I can really learn how to be a pimp and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just a vibe. It's just like certain certain music and certain things for certain occasions, you know? Like, And if that's his experience, like he's only rapping about what's real to him. It's like right. we, we need to not look at people and teach our kids like, to try and be like those people but it's like you can draw certain aspects from people and find inspiration but at the end of the day be you you know mm-hmm. like if hypersexuality is part of your life you know if you're a very high libido person and you vibe with that kind of music vibe with that kind of fucking music if you don't and you're super vanilla and you get offended by it and you don't got that wop then just don't <laughs> listen to it you know like there's certain lanes for certain people and like mm-hmm. just leave it at as it is and just at the end of the day, it's like, just be your fucking self. Like, yeah. you know, these, these women, you know, you can see I'm just in a t-shirt and stuff, but like the confidence and stuff and the way that they talk about their sexuality and stuff, it's like, that is where I can draw aspiration from. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I have to be just like these people. It's like, you know, I draw from Michelle Obama in certain ways on her education and just like her uh, moral compass and stuff like that. These women on their confidence and their sexuality. You know, you draw mm-hmm. and pick from different people. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like it's up to you to, uh, I guess, implement what you uh, learn from these people uh, yeah. by yourself. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier too, that it's because they teamed up, which I think led to like a bigger response. So, do you think if it was just Megan The Stallion by herself, or if it was just Cardi B, like her own music video, wouldn't have garnered that much attention and hate towards it? A hundred percent, because look at them individually as artists and what they rap about. M- Megan been on that freak nasty, like, and nobody was saying anything then, but how come it's when they team up together, like, and then it's also, you know, they put a bunch of other women in the video and stuff like that, and yeah. it's like, it, it is to a extent woman empowerment, and I see how people could see it as, like, degradation, like, if that's just how you see life, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, you can tell Cardi's always rapped about things like mm-hmm. this. Megan's always rapped about things like this. But all of a sudden, when they do it together, oh my God, everybody is so <laughs> offended. We're, everybody's so offended at everything nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like, too, because like we're in quarantine, maybe people are just, it's still like a, it's like a soft quarantine, but people are still like yeah, not true. that much to do and like they're bored and they're just looking for something to hate on. I think that's why it garnered a lot more attention than if it 
had been like a normal year with normal circumstances but still mm-hmm. it was just it's kind of disturbing to see like how much hate was going on spread about it and like like politicians were talking about like people like out of like the lane that had like no business speaking about ben hip-hop Shapiro. at all oh right don't even get me started <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one it's like they're just exposing themselves and it's like well if we didn't think you were probably vanilla in bed, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. You're just exposing yourself. It's like, it, it's not your lane, you know? Mm. And it's like, I don't know. I think we're in a, I don't know if it's just we're in an era, but this is the only era I've ever experienced, obviously. Yeah. But one thing I've noticed, like, everybody just wants to feel, like, included in something. And, mm-hmm. like... They like to pick sides and stuff, like, yeah. and be like a, an extreme on one end or the other. And it's like, it, to live like a good life, it's just like find the fucking balance for yourself. Like, True, I think social media has a part of that because you get access to everything now. Like, think about it. Like in the '60s, if that explosion in Beirut happened, like a couple weeks ago, yeah. Like, if there was no Twitter around, like, do you think everyone would have seen it? And they probably would have played it, like, because it was such a big thing. Like, they probably would have played it on like the local news. Yeah. But like local news back then was like at five and at seven, and if you didn't tune in at those times like you probably missed it so i think that like that's a big factor in it too is like everyone is able to see the video because of social media because of facebook youtube twitter all those platforms everyone gets it gets spread so quickly so everyone can be a part of it you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's i think that it's a good thing and a bad thing because like i think our brains you know we're still like these primal beings of like being an animal and we are meant to cope with stress in a way of like survival but now we have like all this overload of like information and like you know if you're every day on the internet and you're consuming and putting these thoughts uh, other people's thoughts or just facts you know Mm -hmm. that you're learning out into learning out on the internet like it's a lot to take in and like we need to sit and process how we feel about certain things and i think like um Although I don't agree with uh, Candace Owens, if you're familiar with her, one thing that she has said that has a good point is that like there is this like rapid fire uh, fucking opinions that we throw out on the internet, and you can just tell like a lot of people don't really think things out. Yeah, no. Like, and uh, that's where it could be a con, but then there's also a pro because it makes us more aware. You mm-hmm. know, more knowledge is power. So exactly it's about finding the balance, like I said. <laughs> yeah. How do you fi- like manage that balance of like not being overwhelmed on social media and your usage and stuff like that? Um, as far as my usage, well, I guess I'll like kind of trail it back like two years ago. Um, Rick and I, Rick is my boyfriend for anyone listening. We delete, not deleted, but we just kind of like deleted the apps of our social media and we weren't on social media for a really long time. So I went through a period of my life where I was just living. I wasn't even, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Like I was just being, you know, and that's already stressful enough, you know, trying to just make it and, yeah. and as a young adult, you know, so um, I'm grateful that I got that time to myself. But then once I started art and my business, I was like, okay, it's a good platform to use. And after I kind of educated myself, like, okay, let me unfollow certain accounts and start following more of, yeah. you know, you use it to my advantage, follow other artists, follow entrepreneurs and stuff like that, like find the motivation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and of course your family and stuff like that. It's always good to see on the internet. But um, even when I start it back up, like even to this day, I don't keep my notifications on. I set my time to respond to messages, mm-hmm. interact with other artists and whatever, you know, my friends. I set my time to do that. And then when it's time to work, it's time to work. And yeah. like, I don't get the notifications and stuff and it's not anything personal. It's just like, I need to set this time away from myself to one, uh, be an actual artist, you know, mm-hmm. paint with no distractions, do my YouTube channel, 
uh, take care of crap in the house and yeah, then like also course. bond with my partner with no interactions, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think like if there's like my number one tip is like turn those notifications off because it's very easy to get distracted and then one notification, oh, this person liked my post, let me click on it. Yeah. And then you see what they're doing and then you go on your timeline and then it's like two hours have passed by and it's like time is the most valuable thing and it's right. like did I really just scroll here for that? Because like, <laughs> that's what I used to do, you know? Yeah. And like even... You know, my boyfriend and I, we would just, like, sit there on our phones. And now it's, like, I've realized our relationship has gone a lot better being in the moment together. Right. Like, figuring things out and, and stuff. Like, although we do have our times, of course, like everybody. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I found the balance. Is yeah. like, I had to step away for a little bit. And then I had to, like, reassert, like, myself and draw my boundaries mm-hmm. for myself. Because I'm a human. Like, I will sit there and scroll if I yeah. really, like, have the time. No, it's tough. <laughs> I know, like, during college, especially, I think I forgot what year it was, but, like, I was away at Sacramento, and one of the semesters, I was, like, really struggling around finals time, and then I just decided to delete, delete Snapchat and uh, delete Instagram, kind of like, like you did, but off the phone, not, like, deactivate the account. Yeah. But that, like, I, I realized I was able to get, like, so much more done, and then, like, the past, like, the few years after that, like, for Lent, because I was, like, a uh, born Catholic, mm-hmm. I would give up Instagram and different social media, so I would do that. And I feel like now I've, like, become to, kind of like where you, I turn off notifications, I I set, like, a time limit, because you can now you can set screen time and everything for your phone. Yeah. So when I do interact, it's like I get in, get out, like, respond to the people I need to respond to, post what I need to post, but then, like, dip. Like, I'm not hanging out on there. Yeah. I'll, I even tell her, like, I'll, like, see the first two people or, like, first four stories, and that's it. Like, <laughs> like that's what I limit myself to. So if you're not in those first four, like, sorry, I probably didn't see your stuff. But, um, so it's just, you know, it's just trying to manage that because, like, it does get overwhelming at times. And I did want to ask you something else, too, but I forgot. But I was going to say, um, but how important is using those social media platforms to promote your art, something that you do as your livelihood? Oh, as a business, it is... It is one of the most beneficial ways to like market yourself. Um, not only, you know, well, one, it's free. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with that. Yeah. It's free. You know, it, most people are going to go to your social media platforms as a business owner than your actual website. So, you know, learning to build a brand on there is really important. Um, but I think like the number one thing is that people get to share. For me as an artist, people get to share my art. And when people, you know, see it on their friends' stories and they're like, oh, that's dope because we trust our friends. We trust, you know, yeah. we, we're, those are the people's stories we're even looking at and stuff, you know, like, and once you build that connection with people, like, it just spreads because it's, then it's like, oh, that friend who saw it and that friends liked it and then they share it and then mm-hmm. their family and friends see it and things like that. So, like, it's super, super important in that way and, like, it, it's kind of like the virtual way of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to work at a tax firm and we used to work with small businesses. It was mostly like all Latino owned businesses, East LA, Montebello area. And that's something I learned is like word of mouth is like the f- main driver, the main like um, source of incoming um, like new audiences and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So uh, social media is definitely like the virtual way of doing that. Yeah. You know, especially now since we can't be really hanging out with everybody and mm-hmm having that real word of mouth (laughs) experience but it is like the virtual way so you know any like if you're doing any kind of business like getting your social media right is like the key like and it's also like not even about numbers but it's about the quality of those people interacting with you because although I've been growing I still feel like I was in the beginning because I've just that support system from the beginning has always been so strong Mm -hmm. that like 
I never felt like, oh, because I don't have like 14,000 followers, like, yeah. you know, I'm not doing good because really when it came down to, you know, selling tickets for my events or, um, you know, just selling prints and things like that, I've always gotten a very good like support system. So nice. like, I think that was built through really like intentionally using my social media mm-hmm. and like that's the thing too like how we we're just talking about you know limiting yourself don't you think like limiting yourself and having that specific time for your social media it makes you more intentional going on there like oh, with yeah. what you're posting and stuff yeah because if not then you're just posting all day like you know you see some people they're just posting things and it's just like fluff yeah it's exactly. just like there wasn't really anything behind it really other than I mean, I guess if you're seeing as sharing your life, like with your family and friends, yeah, but some things are just really just fluff. Yeah. And as a business owner, it's like you can't really get caught up in that because that will, uh, it'll kind of like turn off potential customers, you know? So social media is the way to go. Yeah. (laughs) What was your first experience like with art, like, like growing up, like your earliest experience that you can recall? Listen, I was poor as crap. I don't know if I could cuss, but I was poor as crap. Let's just leave it at that. And um, I grew up with my mom. Um, My mom is an artist as well. And, you know, one thing is, like, she had to struggle living in L.A. And she always, like, stuck with her art. Like, that was always her hobby. So I was always able to watch her, although she never, like, sat down and taught me anything. Mm -hmm. She did always just give me a pen and a paper and some colored pencils or paint or whatever and just say, here, go with it. And I brought up the fact that I'm poor because it's like, it's a cheap, it's a cheap hobby. It is mm-hmm. paper, pencil. I could steal that crap from school. Like, yeah, no, I would be doing it. <laughs> don't do that, you guys. Yeah, but, don't condone that. <laughs> but you know, you live and you learn from your mm-hmm. mistakes. But I did used to like draw in my notebooks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like a cheap hobby, so that's kind of like how I got introduced to it. But because my mom was an artist, she had a lot of friends who were artists too. Some of them didn't have to struggle with, you know, raising a kid mm-hmm. by yourself in LA where it's expensive as crap. Yeah. And um, some of these, her friends actually went on to become like really good and well-known artists. Like okay. one of them that I'll point out and like uh, is somebody who inspires me because as a, as an artist, I would say like I'm really shitty at like... Um, being able to draw back on like historical artists and stuff like oh, okay, yeah. besides like the main people you know i can't yeah. really name other artists i haven't gotten invested like that because like who can you name <sighs> don't you're <just laughs> no, gonna embarrass me i'm gonna say like because <laughs> <laughs> but that's because like i'm just focused on doing the art you yeah, know yeah. but um the, my mom's <laughs> friend anyway drawing it back uh his name is retina and uh he's a street artist well, he started off as a street artist and, you know, uh, I remember like going and seeing him like do murals and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, him and my mom would be sitting there talking and I'd just be like, how did he even, who let him paint on this wall? Like, yeah. what in the hell? Like, so that kind of like started my interest on like, oh, you can like really do this for a living, you know, yeah. even though it was always in the back of my mind because like throughout high school and stuff, I was so focused on like the college route of things. Mm. And although I do want to go back. I wasn't doing it for the right reason, you know? I was just doing because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Right. But, like, drawing it back to Retina, now he, you know, he's just been so consistent with it. Like, and I, the earliest I can remember, like, seeing his art was maybe, like, I was five or six years old, mm-hmm. you know? And now I'm 22. So I've seen all those years of growth, and that has led him to being friends with Usher. 
Dang. He, I've seen his artwork in the background, like when I'm watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, because just sometimes I want to rot my brain. <laughs> I don't want to think sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen his artwork in the background of like Scott Disick's house. Mm-hmm. He's um, in LA by the American Apparel building. I'm not sure it's still up. It might mm-hmm. be, but his artwork was up there. And I'll show you some visuals later. But um, he's also done work with like Louis Vuitton and stuff. So, that's like, cool. and that's someone who's been in like, I've seen as a kid, you know, he's in my actual circle of people, you know, so that's been like a huge inspiration and like where I even first got the idea like, oh, you can actually make money off of artists because most people like there's a stigma of like, oh, the broke artist. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's just because like the internet and stuff, but like I've seen a lot of artists on the internet who like even just in a year from when I started following them to where they're at today, like Mm -hmm. they have blown up and like made their own brands and stuff like that and i'm mm-hmm. like i don't know i that i don't know if that stigma it maybe it was just true back then because it's it might have been harder without the internet yeah but nowadays it's like you know you're so easily be able to connect with people and have make business so mm-hmm. it, yeah it's, it's just really inspirational to see like those thoughts of when i was a kid thinking like can you or can you not to yeah. now being like oh you definitely can <laughs> like, yeah for sure because there's a few artists and i i don't i can't remember too many but i remember like one was vincent van gogh the guy who cut off his ear remember nice. but like during his life like his art was no one really thought anything of it right like people said it was shit. and then once he died that's when he became super valuable so i know like yeah. there is that stereotype sometimes because like as artists are living and that wasn't the only case but yeah it's not appreciated as much then when they pass, and it's kind of like the same thing with music, you could say too, but like, sure. you know, it, when they pass, then it like becomes more valuable. And then, so they don't even see profit, right? From it while they're like alive and doing it. Yeah. So I can see it being tough, but that's not like every scenario. Like there's a lot of famous artists that I'm sure that have made, you know, like live very luxurious in New York city or somewhere like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all better appreciate me now is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't cut off your ear or anything either. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Artists are very emotional, mm-hmm. I think. Like, I don't know if it's just the way we see the world or whatnot, but, you know, there is, like, uh, this saying that, like, the best art comes from, like, times of pain yeah. and stuff like that. Now, I ain't gonna cut off my ear because I, I don't know if my health insurance covers that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I believe if I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the story is, like, he cut it off for, like, his significant other. He sent it to her in the yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that's fucking weird. I'm like, babe... <laughs> I love you. You ain't got to do all that. Right. <laughs> That's a simple sorry will do. <laughs> For real. So when, when did it like click with you that you wanted to make a living out of your art and selling it? So, you, you know, it's funny that I just said that like it comes out of the darkest moments. Mm-hmm. Um, around like 2017, I would say, is when I was working at that uh, tax firm that I was telling you about. And I was working there from like nine to six. I was also doing college online. So... That was taking up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Nine to six is sun up, sun down. Yeah. You know, I'm missing the whole day. And then I go home and then I'm on the computer doing work and stuff. So honestly, like, I was really, really depressed. Like, I, I didn't know it then, but looking back on it, I'm like, damn, girl, like, you were <laughs> struggling. <laughs> like, yeah. I honestly it would be like driving home from that job and like, I'd be crying just like, because I was just so stressed out and overwhelmed. And I just kind of felt like, where am I going from here? You know, yeah. like, I'm. I'm very, very good at learning things. So when I got there, I worked there for a year. They were ready to move me up. And um, that was like to be an account manager, which were usually accountants. I was just like a sophomore in college and they wanted me to be doing that position. So, you know, like 
I could have taken it and taken the money and stuff like that, but I was just not happy. I was like, I don't want to do this. And, you know, I'm Latina, but my Spanish is not that good. And it took a lot of speaking Spanish in, mm. in, in that job too, which would like stress me out a little bit more. Cause honestly, like I'm a little insecure about my Spanish yeah, like, yeah, yeah. because, um, just for like background, my grandma, she, she raised me growing up. She speaks Spanish. And then she moved away to Texas when I was maybe like ending my elementary school years. Dang, okay. So that's as much Spanish as I got. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't really have an adult conversation in Spanish because I just never learned those words and stuff like that. So um, that would like stress me out with that job and then just no creative outlet there and mm-hmm. stuff. So I was just really, really depressed. And then I still was kind of just drawing on the side. And I had a best friend at the time. She would always hype me up. My boyfriend always hyped me up. And, like, they would tell me, like, you know, you can make... Why don't you, like, make money off of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So as I was working there, I started kind of just thinking, like, okay, maybe I can. But let me try it out while I'm still working here. So I started posting things on the internet. And um, one one thing that, like, I think this is the moment where I, where I was like, oh, crap. Like, I really could do this is um, I was working on an Erica Badu piece. And this was, like, right when I first started up my social medias again. So, like, once I had made that decision, like, I'm not going to be crying no more. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I still am, but over different things. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be crying because I just hate the route that I'm putting myself in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it to myself. Nobody's telling me I got to work there. Nobody's – even though there was, like, this pressure I felt like I had to be going to school – at the end of the day, like once I stopped and I told my family, nobody really like criticized me or anything. So I feel like it was a lot of pressure I was putting on myself. Mm-hmm. Once I got out of that and started um, and started my social medias up again and started being more intentional about what I posted and stuff, I posted this picture of this Erica Badu piece I was working on and she commented on it. Mm-hmm. And she gave me some hearts and stuff. Dang. And I thought like she herself like her. And own. I just saw like artist to artist. Like yeah. I love Erica Badu. I love her music. I love her as an artist and it just as a person, she's just so unique. You could tell she's just being herself, like mm-hmm. very authentic. And just for her to recognize me as an artist back, I was like, Oh my god, like I was freaking out. I was like, mm-hmm. No way, like this is a troll account. Like <laughs> the verified and yeah, I'm like clicking yeah. on it, going back, clicking on it. I'm like, what the hell? Are like, you for real? <laughs> <laughs> I messaged her. Are you for real? <laughs> but um, yeah, that was like one of the moments where I was like, oh, this could really pop off, you know? Like mm-hmm. if a very successful and well-known artist can acknowledge me, you know, like mm-hmm. I thought besides the support I was getting at home, of course, but sometimes don't you think like they kind of got to support me? Yeah. <laughs> like you think, <laughs> even though I could tell they're being genuine, you know, just to have like outside influence, it does uh, play a role in you know right. that confidence that you build up and like can I even do this? Yeah. So like that was that was probably like the main the main moment where I was like, well, let's go then. Mm-hmm. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think going back to the like the, the the support thing, I don't think my parents have ever said like, hey, you suck at like whatever thing I've tried. You know. So mm-hmm. that's that's one thing is like they always say you're good, you're good. So it's almost uh, like when you get older, it's kind of like an empty compliment, right? Because you know, there's like it. They could really mean it sometimes, like the boy who cried wolf, right? They could really mean like, oh, this yeah. is really good. But then you're just, you've been told that so many times, you're kind of like, eh, it kind of, it may be good. But you're like, no, be. I'm not, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding>. yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you too, because like bigger picture, like schools across California, especially like they're making a lot of cuts to art departments. Like, how do you feel about like just society kind of like de-importize, I don't even know if that's the right word, but like they're just lessening the importance of art in society. Um, I think that's real effed up because I think that, you know, 
everybody is put on this planet to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that something is whatever the F you want to do. <laughs> and, you know, there is some people who they just want to... And not just art and, like, uh, painting the way I do it, but just art in the bigger picture. Like, there's people who want to just sit back and play the guitar all day. And, like, that's bringing something to the table, even if it's they're not becoming a doctor, you know? Yeah. Although, of course, our doctors, especially now in this time, you know, they should be, like... Praise, Praise, yeah. But it's like there's certain factors to life that we need to like balance ourselves out, and art is part of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, not only because most artists express and uh, they commentate on like social issues and things like that, um, and it's just like a more creative way to do so. But you know, for kids, it's like if if you're limiting them to what their options are, you're gonna get a freaking generation of half-assers and that's exactly what i was i was a (laughs) half-asser i was in honor roll i was an academic decathlon and stuff but even that i was like a c average of those like in my i was in the ap class but i was on a c average because i was like i'm not gonna do all this extra work like i'm still gonna fucking pass like you know and that's because i wasn't it wasn't my thing you know yeah but in like my art class and stuff i'd sit there and i'd get all into it and whatnot Mm -hmm. or um, I would say like my two big things are like art and, and just communication in general, like public speaking and stuff. So yeah. I would take like, you know, the things I was interested in very seriously. Um, so when I was an academic decathlon, I would win like a lot of medals in speech. And because I was like interested into it, I was yeah. probably because I was good at it, but then I wanted to be better at it. But everything else, like I'll tell you in academic decathlon, it's just this program where you have 10 different subjects and you have a team from every school and we compete, you know, the freaking nerds against mm-hmm. the nerds. And, <laughs> and like, although I would do so good in speech, I would just fuck off in the other um, subjects so bad that I got the worst. I got a gold medal in speech. So I did in the top yeah. of the speakers. Yeah. I got the lowest score in math. Dang. The lowest. <laughs> so you can see, like, you you just create people who just half-ass shit because they're not into it. Like, you can't just force people down a path they don't want to be in. Right. Um, I definitely think they need to get get on that. And, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really big conversation because, like, what do we spend our taxes on and yeah. whatnot? And it's like, honestly, if you want a freaking better world, it one, it's like, even at my age, there's a lot of people, we're already a little bit fucked up. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you can prevent by, like, starting at a young age. And I know, like, you work with kids, so, like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you see it, like, firsthand, you know? And uh, just for me and, like, my little siblings and stuff like that, or just thinking of myself as a kid is where I mm-hmm. draw draw upon that from. But I think, like, they definitely need to uh, broaden their horizon of options, like, growing up. Because mm-hmm. it's like, what, doctor, lawyer, teacher, you know? There's so many damn things you could do in this world. Yeah, there really is. It's too many. (laughs) But it's like they shouldn't limit. Like I, like you said earlier, like the whole like you have to go to college route and like fit this particular mold. Like even college isn't for everybody, but it's like so pushed on by not just parents, but like outside society and like outside family members too. It's just like go to college, go to college, and then once you graduate college, you realize like oh, it's not like boom, you get like you know copy and paste it into this dream job that you wanted. Like you're kind Mm -hmm. of doing some shitty stuff too. So it's kind of like, what's the point? You know what I mean? You're not, it's not even very rewarding. Maybe long-term, like, yeah, but sure. But like people like us, like we don't see the benefits obviously like right now, right away Yeah. to, for the, the whole like spending, you know, cause what, what we spend 12 and if you finish college, that's like 16, 17 years of like at the minimum that you're in yeah. school, 
your entire life and it's like all you know but sometimes it's like you leave without it you're kind of like what the fuck you know like why did i spend all this time here and they teach you a bunch of things like calculus or whatever like sometimes math that don't even app that aren't even applicable like in real life and real world situations you know yeah yeah that's definitely true that's part of the reason why i dropped out of college and it's like i think also one thing that they don't teach you is like it, okay college is not for everyone but it's also not for even if it is for you it might not be for you in a specific time yeah you know? yeah so i dropped out of college in my sophomore year um i was just struggling with trying to get on my feet and getting a car and you know having a stable place to live and just i guess just also finding myself and and reflecting on you know my first 18 years of life and what kind of childhood traumas and stuff i was going going through and stuff and like for me i needed to take a step back and like figure all that crap out first before i could even continue with college mm-hmm. you know although i dropped out i never like said i'm never going back i just said i'm just kind of at the point where i'm like it's not for me right now mm-hmm. but now that i've moved into this new place and i'm kind of you know more stable in my career paths or like you know my little hobbies that i want to grow now i can see like okay now i have the time yeah now i have even just like the commitment too, even the commitment or yeah yeah and see the value in it you know mm-hmm. more than just when i just threw myself in there because i thought that's what everybody else like mm-hmm. I just thought that was going to be the thing until I started thinking like, I don't want to be in an office. Like I want to be in my own office, (laughs) (laughs) but just like in a cubicle and stuff like it just not, it's not for me. Like I, I had to really take a step back and reroute myself and that's okay. You know, like when I was in college, I did see that there was people of all ages there. And it's like, I think that needs to be stressed more. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you need to take care of yourself first and then, and then move on to the next project, you know? Right. But, um, it's not talked about like mm-hmm. i think it's probably because they make a lot of money off of it so yeah 100 percent. it's definitely yeah. that plays a role so they want you to get thrown in there you know just like your doctor wants you to take all the <laughs> freaking pills and stuff and they don't yeah. even tell you what it's for yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's like a similar system and i don't know how to I, I don't have the answer on how to end that but it's a conversation that definitely needs to be had like, yeah because it's tough to say like to take an 18 year old or some people are older so 19 or some people are younger 17 but it's tough to take them to a campus and you know tell them all the different things that they offer and then say hey you pick one that you want to do for the rest of your life like that can be kind of intimidating and like i know for me like i went to the community college route didn't really know what i wanted to do but then like at a community college class it was communication communications class mm-hmm. they told me you could do like the whole broadcasting route through communication so i was like oh that's kind of cool and i kind of used that as like my inspiration to get into the field that I wanted to get to and eventually get my degree. But like, had I not done that, like had I gone to straight to a four year and like predicted what I wanted to do, like maybe chose the wrong major or whatever. Like I know a lot of friends that when I eventually transferred to SAC that were freshmen, incoming freshmen that are still there now, mm-hmm. five, six years later, still don't really know what they want to do. Still like switched majors a few times. Some yeah. of them have dropped out. Some of them gone to the junior college and it's kind of like, not that that's bad or anything, but sometimes it's just, it's a lot to take in, especially if you go away from home, like yeah. you get a lot more freedom and, and sometimes kids don't have the discipline that other kids do. So mm-hmm. it can be very intimidating. Like it's not a huge deal if you don't go to a four-year university right out of high school. Like you said, it's like, it's always about the timing. Like it's it's when it's right and when it feels right and when you're ready to commit and you kind of know what you want to do and get go there for, you know, that's what all that matters. Because I think a lot of people do like clown like the people that like are 30 that are finishing up college but it's like everyone has a different starting point you know what i'm saying so as long as you get it done like i think that's the biggest thing that matters and as long as you know what you want to get done too yeah definitely i think like also 
like how I said about how it creates like those half assers. Like most yeah. people, I find like. <laughs> You know, even if they're half-assers in most of their life, everybody has that one thing that they've learned to discipline themselves just because they're interested in doing yeah. it. So, like, honestly, there is a part, too, of, like, like you say, you know, you have some friends, and I also have some friends who, like, that they flip-flop around because they don't really know what to do. And, like, that's because, like, you know, there's intersectionality in our personalities, you know? Yeah. And it's just, like, it sucks to have to narrow it down to one. And it is a big responsibility, but, like... Some people, they don't even, you know, there's a stage you have to go through of, like, trying to find yourself and know yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you've constantly been living to please your parents or to please your friends and stuff like that, then you don't really get that time. And, like, sometimes that time comes when you move out the house mm -hmm. and you get a, you have some time alone, you know, to just yeah. kind of, like, reflect on, like, who even am I, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to do that at the same time of going down a route where you're like, wait, maybe this isn't what I want. So, like, it, it is it is a lot. I wish that they would have, like, some kind of, like, self-help classes or something yeah. in, in school, like, or mental health or something. Yeah, because it's, like, there's just so many thoughts that come into our head. And, like, what most people don't realize is, like, you are not even your thoughts. Like, you are the person who observes those thoughts yeah and the, the analytical mind of those thoughts you know mm -hmm. and like some of us don't have the time if you know we're just struggling to freaking eat and get to work and get to school and you know get to hang out with your friends and stuff yeah. like we don't take the time back to even find that in ourselves yeah yeah i wish they would like start a class like i would love to one day like if i could like in an after school program or yeah. something because like i wish somebody would have told me because then when you start in your 20s it's like Oh, I have 20 freaking years to reflect on and it's a lot yeah especially 100%. if you've gone through some things like it, it is a lot to take in and like people just expect to throw their kids out into the world and it's like mm -hmm. maybe some parents they don't realize it's like you, you know your kid is your kid of course you're gonna be so affectionate and stuff with them and I'm not a parent a parent so uh, I'm not gonna speak on what makes like a, a good or bad parent but I do want to say something that made my dad a good parent um in one aspect is that he always like treated me like an adult like yeah. he treated me he told me like i'm i'm putting you out into the world you're gonna be an adult like yeah so i need to start treating you like that and it's like i, I guess that starts with like having to realize that in yourself you know mm -hmm. some people are just not there yet you know yeah so. that's important i think i'm very hopeful like the future is going to look better from that psychology mental health perspective because i just feel like a lot more people are studying that field and getting degrees in it to where you know, I think like in high school, I remember we had like a few counselors and I think maybe like one psychologist on site, but I hopefully like in 20 years at a high school, there'll be like 20 psychologists on site. Cause there's a, you know, at least our high school, we had like almost a thousand kids. So it's a pretty big high school, you know, like to have one psychologist to deal with everyone that wanted to come in. Like that's a fucking shit ton of She's people. She's going to need a counselor exactly, after that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, like just the more resources you have, especially like people in like lower socioeconomic communities. Because I feel like even where I grew up in Santa Ana or where I work now in Garden Grove, those kids have like way harsher backgrounds than sometimes other people who grew up a little bit like in wealthier areas, right? Not saying that they didn't have, you know, mental health or trauma that they experienced as well, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's different kind of stuff. You know, you see people dying, you see people on drug abuse, you see people getting taken away, deported, put in jail. And yeah. it's kind of like that, that shit all affects you. But as a kid, sometimes I feel like I've, I've learned working with kids, like sometimes the quietest ones. Mm -hmm. I have seen the most and that's why they're quiet because they don't know like how to process everything that they've seen because they yeah. still have you know young 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 minds young brains and they don't know how to to do things like that so it's just it's kind of trippy like even working with kids like opens your mind about certain things but 
definitely like I think art's like a great way to express stuff too like that's one thing I always try to push on the kids is like writing and like journaling yeah. and poetry I feel like there's no yeah. wrong way to do it yeah exactly so there's, it's like mm-hmm. you know you just are able to fully express yourself at the freest form of it you mm-hmm. know like without someone telling you like mm, that's wrong like, yeah like my math teachers to me all the time <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I mean that's a, the thing I would stress too when we do art activities and like Sure, the goal was to try and make it look like this model that I printed out and, you know, hung up on the whiteboard. But if you get it something completely, like, different, too, like, that's fine. That's, like, your perception of it. And at the end of the day, like, that's what art is, whether it's painting, sculpting, making music. I mean, think about how many people in music have made music different than the norm and then that creates its own little subgenre, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's like, you know, think about, like, the Beatles. They were very experimental and now there's, like, a lot of similar sounding to the Beatles so it's just there's always gonna be people who push the button and create something new and that who knows that might stick and be like its own little genre mm-hmm. and and our perception needs to be valued like so much more just as humans I feel like like that's all you can bring to the table and then it's a lot like you know we all make our choices based on whatever we've experienced in this life and if we don't value that our perception is unique and and value valuable itself like then we're not going to be able to present it to the world and like you know just share that aspect of ourselves like even if it's like you do work at a office job and y'all are trying to figure out like what's the most efficient way to get something done like you've experienced something in your life that might have you might have the right answer for that situation you know mm-hmm. so like maybe even in like those mental health and just like art and stuff it's like something that needs to be pushed to is like confidence and just being you being yeah. yourself like and trusting that you've gone through certain things in your life to present them eventually later and learn from them and teach mm-hmm. other people from them and stuff like that like and in art luckily it's like you can never be wrong mm-hmm. no matter how much people want to hate on your wop yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. never be wrong you know that's what i like to tell people and like um <laughs> that threw me off track now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> but um you know you can never be wrong in that aspect but like even in aspects where you can be wrong you know you make the bad decision or you know you take the longer route to something like that's okay too. Like mm-hmm. just keep pushing. Like I think like we're in such a society that just like wants to like punish people all the time. Yeah. Especially like how you're talking about kids you know that they're going through certain things and and then they lash out, you know, like mm-hmm. Even for me, like, I was going through my parents not being together. My dad was all the way in Florida starting, you know, a new family from in my eyes. Me and my, um, I have two older half-brothers. We weren't on good terms, like, during my whole, like, middle school years and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, now as an adult, I could see that that was affecting me a lot. And I've been able to process it more as an, as an adult. But the pain is still there. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you don't know how to process that pain. So, you know, I was doing, I was stealing from stonewood mall i was just hanging out with people like because i didn't want to be at home and i was just trying to like escape and stuff and like i would get like punished at school and stuff and like i would even think like am i just like a bad person like maybe all this is happening to me Mm. because look at what i'm doing but it's like no i'm doing all this because of what was happening to me like we don't we don't like empathize with kids that way we just think like no they're the bad one like that that kid whatever he's yeah. choosing to be like that and it's like we don't take the time to and maybe we can't because you know like you had that one counselor to a thousand kids yeah, and she's exactly. like i don't even know where to start exactly right 
<laughs> that's the one thing I didn't like about how they punish kids in school and then eventually like punish people in like the real world and like the prison system and everything is that Ooh. they like if you're bad they throw you in but they don't tell you why you're bad they don't try and re- rehabilitate your bad behaviors yeah. but then when you come out of detention or when you come out of prison or come out of jail you have that same mindset and then you chances are you're gonna probably do the same thing and get back in detention get back in jail get back in prison mm-hmm. and it's like that's just like an ongoing cycle and I remember how to have like some real like one-on-one conversations with kids in that program that I'm in, even though it's just after school, like, you know, kids will act out and you have to tell them like, or at least I would, because I feel like the other staff sometimes, hopefully they're not listening, but like they wouldn't (laughs) just make the effort to even do that, to call them out and say, hey, this is what you did wrong. Like, I can't have you do this, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, learn from your mistakes this time, you you know, hopefully next time you do this better and we're going to like keep you in. But like, I don't want to, I don't want you to follow down this path to where you keep doing it bad and bad and bad and not never learn from it. And yeah. I feel like, you know, like uh, I got really good responses. So it just made me realize like, damn, like are the teachers and principals at these schools, like not even telling them the kids that like minimal stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like shitty. And like, again, it goes back to prison. I know it's something that you've talked about. and feel passionate about. And it's like, I have, I've had family members that keep going in and out of prison and keep going in and out of jail. And it's like, why? But then if you think about it, like the system, it doesn't meant to, it's not meant to rehabilitate. It's just meant to keep you in there. And, you know, a lot of people do come back rehabilitated, but a lot of times it's off their own, like, self, you know, like, self-motivated. They had, like, a a soul-searching or whatever, and they start reading different books or whatever. And it it can happen, but a lot of times it's self-motivated, not, like, the institution of those places. Yeah, definitely. And, like, um, it's great when people are able to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, that shows a very strong mind. But we can't, like, expect everyone to be like that because we don't know what everybody has gone through mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's sad you know you know there there is a factor of like self accountability and things but sometimes if you're just like constantly being kicked in the freaking ass like mm-hmm. over and over and over like it just makes it harder and harder to get there you know mm-hmm. to to even find that like accountability of like what's my role what was my role in this you know mm-hmm. and maybe it's like i didn't even have a role in it you know um say like you're just dealt a really bad hand of cards mm-hmm. maybe it's like even just realizing like hey i didn't have a role in that but like now i have the opportunity to react from those things but like if it's just constantly happening to you over and over and you don't get the time to even think that like how can you expect these people like you know to get rehabilitated like by themselves you know yeah it is really it is really messed up but like um although i do believe there is some people who care and like there is probably people who are you know in that line of work um who think that they're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. a lot of it like might be out of their control if we look at a bigger picture of it like because they're making a lot of money yeah off of yeah one it's like they're spending a lot of money which (laughs) is weird but like um corporations who like own private prisons stuff like that they're making a lot of money off of keeping these people in there yeah so it's like that's what the motive of keeping them in there is and that's already really effed up. But then just like pile it on top of there. And then we think like, who, who, who are we trying to keep in there? Yeah. What kind of people? Mm-hmm. People in low income, you know, uh, areas. And who are the people in low income areas? A lot of black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, my last YouTube video, I really went into this because mm-hmm. um, I come from a very wide ethnic background. And uh, I have family who are afro latino latino i have family who are just really really white mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know that that being really really white doesn't have anything to do with your character but it does have to do with something on 
how you experience the world and like your mm-hmm. perspective and stuff like that. And so like, you know, ever since things have been in the public eye and, you know, maybe it's gotten more attention because we're all stuck at home on the TV and on our phones and stuff. Yeah. It's also like giving a lot of people the opportunity to give their opinion. Mm-hmm. So I, it's something I've had to like think about a lot. And um, I've tried to like educate people. I think in the beginning I was doing it very angrily and like naturally I just cuss a lot as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very like <laughs> colloquial, like colloquial the way I talk like I just talk to everybody like they're my fucking homie like you know mm-hmm. but it, I can see like my anger was <laughs> might have been overtaking my message but now that I've like had some time to like process on it I'm kind of like learning to navigate myself into a place of like educating these kind of people yeah. it's also as much as it's like not um, someone's fault to be like born black and get uh, um, discriminated against just because of your skin color it's also like not these people fault that they were born into a system that benefits them mm-hmm. and it's a lot harder to see when something is benefiting you mm-hmm. you know especially if you're someone who's like all for self-accountability you're like I got myself here like what yeah, are you talking about yeah. like even if you came from you know you're a white person who came from the hood like you know they want to say like what do you mean like I was born in this situation too like mm-hmm. I got myself out of there but you know, I, instead of, I, I although I want to be angry and be like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. now I'm kind of saying like, okay, it's also not their fault that they're like right. this. So like, how can I help be more proactive in this, you know? So like, even in my last video, I like purposely didn't put anything in the bio. Mm. Or I kind of did, but it wasn't like very direct on what I was talking about, you know, mm-hmm. about just like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Because like my whole agenda yeah. <laughs> was to kind of trick people into like, hearing me out. Yeah. Because like some people, they're just like, I don't want to hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. So they won't even hear you out. And then you just stay ignorant, you know. Yeah, the tunnel vision, you know. Yeah. So I kind of like tried to start the video off like nice and lit. And then mm-hmm. I just, you know, swooped my way into getting my point across. And like I was hoping that would help educate a little mm-hmm. bit like that that's just that's the path i'm on right now for that but it, it, that conversation can go so deep it goes in like so many directions of racism capitalism yeah and just a lot of different factors everybody's moral compass is different too yeah why do you think it is that people are so can be so co- closed-minded and like stuck in their own world i think like just as a human the everything that comes eat easy in life is like probably not the right path to go down you Mm -hmm. know um and as humans of course we want to like live in comfort and what do the easy thing and stuff you know and um i think like that's where it's rude is like people they're comfortable in like the way they are and the way they're living so they stay stagnant and um that's what like keeps them in that like tunnel vision and just like having a narrow mind because like you know, they're like, why should I even think outside of the box if my box is comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. I got everything in here, my couch, yeah. and my <laughs> you know, the figurative box. But, you know, I think like it, it is hard to it is hard to like think outside of the box and like have to understand other people's perspectives and stuff, because in that you'll find like, hey, maybe I've done something wrong down the line. And, like, guilt is a very heavy thing to, you know, live with. And it is a hard thing to uh, forgive yourself and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's, like, I think people don't even want to go through that. They're, mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to have to think about it. Like, I don't want to, especially if it's a painful topic where it's, like, it's something that other humans are being hurt, too. And, like, yeah. I do think most people are good and they don't want others to get hurt. 
but because they're so comfortable in the way they're living, they won't even like, you know, be open-minded enough to have the conversation to stop that. Right. Like, you know, that's why there's a lot of people who are like, all lives matter. Like, you know, we should just treat everybody equally. Yeah. Like that's what we're saying. Yeah. But how do we get there is we got to get down to the nitty gritty mm -hmm. and talk about the stuff that we don't, people don't want to talk about because it is painful. Mm -hmm. It is very painful to hear that people have been treated a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, and if anybody has any kind of empathy, like you'll understand that. But like, People, they don't even want to feel that pain. So right. they just kind of block it off. It's like a, it's just like a way to protect themselves in a way, like to that uncomfortableness of life. And it's like, man, if that's how you're going to live life, like you are going to not reach your full potential. Like you've mm -hmm. got to get uncomfortable with things and like admit when you are wrong, admit when something else is wrong. And mm -hmm. like it, it is like a heavy place to live in, but it's like you got to find the balance, you know? Yeah. Like it can exist, but then there can also be hope that can stem from that and stuff. But I think that's why like people just stay so narrow-minded is because it's uncomfortable to have to consider anybody else's perspective than yours. Right. And you said right there too at the end, perspective is like getting to live in and see other people's perspective is huge, right? I think they, they talk, like you learn about in history class, I think it was like in the 50s or whatever after World War II, it was called like white flight. Like a lot of white people leaving the cities to the suburbs and they're surrounded by more white people yeah. to where they don't even like get to like understand like the black experience, the brown experience, the Asian or any immigrant experience because they're not in those communities. And I think you've got like developed generations of that to where yeah. and then like media doesn't help too because like even if it's like tv you know like those old tv shows they would have a lot of like racist depictions of like your asian neighbor or that the brown kid at school or like you know black people or whatever it may be so they develop these stereotypes without having met these people and like experience the things that they experience and having conversations with them even mm -hmm. and so they just like de de they develop like certain depictions of them and what they're like and then they're set on that and heaven forbid they're wrong i think a lot of people don't like being wrong is that's the thing too, like why they stay so close-minded. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that's one thing I don't like about cancel culture because I think it ties in what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, you know, that person, they did something wrong. And granted, some people are like, did something wrong and they're stubborn about it and they're not going to change. Mm -hmm. Sure, cancel them. But there's some people who are genuinely like made mistakes. They, they were wrong. And then we're so quick to cancel them that can like ruin their career, their livelihood, and then kind of change their perspective on the world, right? Yeah. And they can kind of get like trauma from that. But it's like if they're willing to like hear the other side out after being wrong the first time, like I don't think people like that should be canceled. But yeah. I think people are so worried about being canceled is like, whoa, like I don't even want to look at the other side of the argument because if I'm wrong, like, oh my God, like I can't even, you know, my mm -hmm. friends are going to hate me. My family's going to hate me, all that kind of stuff. And it just, it, it puts you in a really, like you said, uncomfortable situation, but it can even be like, I think sometimes people think it's even more uncomfortable than it really is too. Yeah, and it also, like, hinders progress in the sense that, like, it, uh, cancel culture, like, keeps people to themselves because, like you said, they're so scared of being canceled. Like, you know, sometimes we need to have conversations where we are wrong to get these ideas thought out and processed and stuff like that. But, like, if you're not even, you, you can't even talk about it because someone's going to attack you on, on the internet. First of all, like Tyler, the creator said, like, what even is cyber? Like, close your damn computer. I'll block you. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but like, it is really dangerous. That cancel culture is really dangerous in that aspect as well. As like, we can't even talk about things. Mm. And like, how is there going to be progress? Because then these people who are scared of being canceled, they're going to live in that mind forever because they never got to really process those thoughts and emotions like in a, in a healthy manner, you know, and talk them out with other people because they're so damn scared. Mm -hmm. And like, 
one thing we need to not revive but like just get it to start is like redemption culture as well Mm -hmm. you know like i was listening to um oprah has a podcast called oprah it's like super soulful conversations Mm -hmm. and she talked with perez hilton i don't know if you're familiar with perez hilton but he was like a um he had like an internet blog and he just kind of talked crap about celebrities all the time but he would do it like very maliciously like Like the soap but like more like worse like just sometimes he would be like have a valid reason to say something but like he would go off and it's like i get it because that's his brand and that's how he's getting the clicks and as a journalist you know but it was also very harmful because like as he got bigger then these celebrities are seeing that and like these are people too you know Mm -hmm. and like that also doesn't give those celebrities a lane to grow from whatever he's criticizing them from, you mm-hmm. know, because he's almost being the cancel person. But then he kind of got canceled because it's like, dude, you're being an asshole to everybody. Yeah. Like, and he went through this whole thing where he kind of had to, like, learn, like, you know, what I say does matter and stuff like that. But, like, you know, although there's some a lot of people who still don't like him, like, I think he's a good example of, like, y- people can change. Like, yeah. And honestly, like, I can't speak for anybody else but myself, but I have done some shitty things in the past. Oh, yeah, 100%. I have really said really harmful things to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if they kind of, like, elicited it out of me, like, they... <laughs> I'm all like, they started it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, even if, like, um, you know, I, I did have, like, a background to... Uh, defend myself mm-hmm. it's like i didn't even take things that far sometimes you know yeah. like sometimes i would say like very harmful things in the past and it's like now as as i've grown i've outgrown that but i would hate for someone to hold on to that and think of me just because of that one thing i did mm-hmm. but like you said of course there are some people who they do bad things and they just continue to do yeah. it of course yeah let's cancel them they're horrible <laughs> but like yeah we can't just be so quick it's like that like i said that rapid fire opinion like Mm -hmm. and then this whole sense of wanting to be included in something like hey look guys like i'm the hero i canceled them it's like yeah maybe that's not the way to do it because it's like yeah now we shut that person up but they're still thinking that way out in the world and that's what's dangerous and they can harm someone else whatever it may be you know exactly And, and that's what's really freaking dangerous yeah so it's tough i know like going back to like i know myself like i made a lot of like mistakes in the past but as long as you own up to those mistakes i think that's a huge part of the growth process because i shared it on one of like my other podcasts the cut that shit out podcast when i got my car stolen it was in a predominantly asian area next to a school and like first thought i had in my head is like oh asian people stole my car like because it was just like around that area like i said yeah and um you know and like i later found out i think it was like two years later i found out like a mexican gang stole it and so i was like but it went full 360 on You're that. Like and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like me, like, you know, so it's like, how did, you know, I was so mad at this group of people for such a long time and then later found out that it was like, it was yeah, people that like, you know, my ethnic group, they, they were the ones who stole it. And it could be, you know, something like that. I remember that like gave me like a really big reality check. Cause like, wow, here I was so quick to assume someone, here I was, like, was so quick to like judge a group of people. But I learned from it for sure. And like, that was like 19 year old me. So I'm not like that anymore. But if I had been canceled, at 19 mm-hmm. theoretically canceled at 19 for doing something like that who knows if i wouldn't have grown and been this way as a 25 26 year old so it's just it's uh it's all about the growth process as long as you can like own up to your mistakes and kind of like learn to grow from them as well yeah definitely i mean i think one of the laws of the universe too is like if you don't learn from something it's going to keep throwing it at you yeah. over and over and over till you learn like you, until you learn from it and i think like one thing like a lot of people need to do and this is like including myself in the past even like myself in certain situations today is like we need to humble ourselves mm-hmm. like 
stop being so judgmental like if you take a step back and like try to understand somebody else's perspective like you'll find some people even if they're being a dick it's coming out of a place of pain in themselves like it's coming out of some deep-rooted insecurity that they're having and stuff and it's like you need to be able to humble yourself and realize the times where you've been like that too Mm -hmm. in order to even like go anywhere from there like instead of just straight out canceling someone or mm-hmm. like because then it's like okay if that's how you want to be like are you going to cancel yourself mm-hmm. no <laughs> exactly, we don't yeah. even if i think i'm a piece of shit i still am going to wake up tomorrow and be like well i'm gonna try to not be a piece of shit today like, right you know right. we try to be better like most people we do we try to be better like yeah and yeah people need to give themselves some like reality checks it's like you are not perfect either like mm-hmm. everyone has felt insecure about something at some point in time because somebody made fun of you when you're younger because you feel like you didn't do as well as you could on a speech an essay whatever the hell right everybody's yeah. felt some kind of insecurities before and like a lot of our problems in this world are stemming from someone's <laughs> insecurities and yeah. it's like don't be judging them and like well don't first don't be like you're insecure like (laughs) that's gonna make it worse but like find the empathy you know behind that and and then from there can we have like a product a productive conversation Mm -hmm. but this whole cancel culture i i on you know as my youtube platform has been growing a little bit more rapidly i've like had to ground myself and say like one thing i will always do is like stay true to myself because one i have a life outside of the internet yeah i close my phone i you know i don't have my notifications on and stuff i turn my phone around like this close my computer and who am i really i'm here with my boyfriend like we have our whole life going on and like that other people trying to cancel you or you know criticize you and stuff like should not make you change anything about Mm -hmm. i mean you should listen to them and see like where is this coming from because sometimes it is constructive criticism right but if it's coming if you see it's coming from like a place of pain and stuff like that like just you know, mm-hmm. off the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the YouTube channel, and when you first told me about it, you like described it as a secret channel, right? But now I've seen you be able to like post a little bit more and kind of a little bit more open about sharing it. How did that, like, when did that switch for you? Um, so I started my YouTube channel where I just do like smoke sessions and stuff. And when I first started, I just kind of wanted to see, like, where it would go. One, it was just something I wanted to keep to myself. I think, like, because art is something that I started to monetize off of. Mm-hmm. And I started doing custom work. And that kind of made it... I mean, custom work, although I am passionate about doing art and I love, you know, sharing my talent with people, it's also work at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what my hobby turned into work. So I'm like, I need to find another hobby. Mm. And I'm like... Wait, I already have another hobby. I just smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of thought like, well, I'm pretty damn opinionated. I have always been a pretty good speaker. I've never had a problem, you know, presenting myself as I am. So I was like, okay, maybe this is like a route I would want to go down. And honestly, like ever since I was in like middle school, who does not want to be a damn YouTuber? That's so easy. It's such an easy. I mean, now that I'm doing it, I can see like, yeah, there's work you got to put into it, but it is pretty damn easy as far as how much money you can make off of it mm-hmm. you know like if i'm spending like six hours on a video and that's just like recording editing whatever mm-hmm. like planning it out 
you know, if I had a really big following, like, you can make a lot of money off of that. So, yeah. But one thing is, like, I kind of felt like in high school and stuff, like, people were super judgmental. And if I would have put anything out, like, it just would have gone bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, me starting it secretly was kind of rooted in that little insecurity. Like, mm-hmm. mm, people I know are going to judge me. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let me just see where this goes by myself. And plus, it's something I could keep for myself. Like, until I started, like, you know, people who I trusted, like, you are one of the people who I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, no, it's cool, he's not going to judge me, I feel like, and, like, he's also a speaker himself, puts his opinions and stuff out there into the world, and that takes, like, a certain confidence and bravery, so I was like, I think he'd recognize it in it, too, so yeah. I'll share that with you, I shared it with a few people in the beginning, and then after, like, it started growing, and people were responding to me and stuff, like, and I kind of started getting the hang of things and, and also just acknowledge, oh, this is something I could be consistent at. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, okay, like, I, if all these, if, you know, a good chunk of strangers have found me and, like, have accepted me and, like, <laughs> vibe with me, you know, yeah. you know, all these people who say that they fuck with me, like, they should you know follow mm-hmm. through with that too and i was like I, I need to stop being so scared of what people in my immediate life are gonna think like yeah because like at the end of the day those are the people who should be way more accept- accepting of me than those strangers who found me on the internet mm-hmm. so um my last podcast that i did um is when i first like kind of exposed it yeah and um then that's why I just decided hey i already put it out there let me just start advertising it too you know mm-hmm. and it's gotten a really good you know reactions from people that i know it's got me to meet more people and stuff and it's just like been growing pretty exponentially and i'm like well let's just roll with it like let's just see where it goes but it did have me have to take like me having to find that confidence in myself and just say like fuck it like Mm -hmm. i'm not doing anything on there other than being myself and what am i gonna do like hold myself you know like hold back something i like doing and something where I'm being 100% like genuine in my damn self like mm-hmm. no if that's who I am like that's who I am I'm gonna put it out there and like you know who fucks with it they fuck with it who doesn't they don't and that's, yeah. that's okay like yeah and it's tough I think I had a similar growth process with the podcast I want to say maybe like 50 60 episodes in I was still like hesitant to tell people in person about it you know what I'm saying and I, and I think what helped too was working with the kids you know kids you like they go by first name basis or they call us on first name basis but then once they ask you for your last name it's kind of easy to do a search on social media and stuff but i remember like a particular group of kids like found my podcast and they were like they came back to school the next day and they were like referencing different episodes i had and i had like one 420 episodes so that was like the biggest one that like everyone was referencing i was like oh my god guys like stop you know like and then uh but what was cool was like they actually listened to some of the other episodes and like you know like this is really cool mr noah and like then I had other friends kind of do similar things to me and and like I wasn't really like I would share it on social media I would like you know tweet it but I wasn't like big on like telling people in person like oh yeah like check it out or did you check it out or like what mm-hmm. do you think of this and I feel like now I'm more comfortable to where like the point where like at work like my current job right now it's just a regular office job in the mornings but like I always carry stickers around in my back pocket and like if someone were to ask like hey like what do you do on the side like i'm more comfortable now saying oh you know like i podcast and like i do a lot of it on the weekends and this is what i talk about and they're like oh really and you know and i remember like it was tough for me though because i remember like the first coworker, he was like hey like you know like because they ask you to work on weekends right and i was like oh i can like i'm gonna interview someone for this podcast and like oh you have a podcast like let me check it out I was like, oh, okay. It's like if you kind of like if you kind of like interview podcasts, like check it out. And then and then he like came back to me the next uh, the next day. He's like, dude, that was amazing. Like I was like, you know, you're so professional. And I was like, oh shit, like 
I didn't expect you to like it, you know? Thank you. And so it was just, it was really cool. Like, I guess getting that response that made me more comfortable telling other coworkers and other people about it. But it's all like a part of the growth process, you know what I mean? Like definitely for like the first 60 episodes, I was like nervous to tell people. And now I'm a little bit more comfortable, but still probably not where I want, where I'm at, you know? Where as far as just like telling a stranger, like, hey, check out this podcast. Hey, check out this podcast, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's like, like you said, word of mouth, like earlier is like the biggest way to to grow an audience because you can trust someone like word of mouth, one-on-one, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is a, confidence is just a long journey. And I feel like it's probably just like, something I don't know if anybody ever just like truly masters because like I think one thing that has helped me is like listening to um other YouTubers or you know people who host podcasts and then I hear them you know and they're very in my eyes they are successful but Mm -hmm. even they'll say like I got nervous before I got on this mic and I'm like okay so it never ends yeah if it never ends then I might as well embrace it now like embrace that uncomfortableness about it you Mm -hmm. know and like I also had to realize too like if I want to like get some good content out and eventually be in public and so I mean right now obviously I kind of got lucky that I don't have to be in public because I'm not supposed to <laughs> but like I thought like you know in the bigger picture of things I'm like oh as I had more ideas for videos and stuff or you know even want to have other people on and stuff I'm like well I better get you know yeah comfortable with it and then I also this is I don't know if this is good advice but I have two pieces of advice for confidence is one we all know somebody who is very, very confident, but you can very pinpoint a lot of problems with that person. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I don't even know how you, you know, we all know somebody who's a little confident and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just makes me think like, okay, if they can be damn confident about themselves, I can be too. Mm-hmm. And then two is, um, I think maybe you can relate with this is like kind of fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you get put in situations where you kind of have to be confident, even yeah. if you don't feel it. So like even like you know like you said you know your coworker was like oh let me let me check it out and you were kind of like Ugh. it kind of just was like circumstance that it got leaked out you know yeah. but like you kind of had to roll with it and then look how it turned out mm-hmm. and sometimes when you roll with it and you see oh it wasn't as bad as I thought it actually was a lot better like yeah. then that kind of makes you think like oh well then you know maybe all these other fears I have are not as bad as I think that True, they are like right. so kind of sometimes you got to fake it till you make it and act yeah. a little bit more confident than you are and then in return you will receive that confidence back because you'll see one you'll see either it came out better than you know you thought or even if it did happen like go badly mm-hmm. you know it, you already experienced that bad part of it and it's like well it already happened like I've already experienced like some rejection but like what am I gonna do it's, mm-hmm. like just pity myself in that like all night like you know you feel bad about it for a little while and then pick yourself up and keep going like mm-hmm. so fake it till you make it <laughs> <laughs> i like that so speaking on confidence how did you get the confidence to eventually kind of quit the job that you were at and then go full on as art and with your career um i had a start i had a start while i was still working mm-hmm. so Part of it was that was like kind of just testing the waters and seeing how people reacted to my art in general. I was getting good feedback, so that kind of gave me confidence. But then I also had a really strong support system like at home and like my boyfriend, he's always supported me a hundred percent. He even still says like today, like you're gonna be the billionaire. Like <laughs> he's like, I'll help you with whatever you need. Like you're, it's you. Like get it, girl. Like yeah. and um, he was always like that since back then too. But he also kind of like has put in my head like and if it doesn't work then we go from there yeah like just to have someone to say like 
I believe in you, but hey, even if it doesn't, like worst case scenario, like I'm still here for you. Mm-hmm. And this is the person I spend most of my time with. I pay my damn bills with and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if there's anybody, you know, whose opinion I am going to trust and care, let affect me, it's going to be his. And like, he has been a great support system, like throughout the whole way. Like, yeah. even when like, you know, I'll post a video, even, okay, so like my last video was, I thought maybe, okay, I'm going to get a little feed, bad feedback on this. He was like, so what? You don't know these people. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he, having him in the back has always helped me. But just in general, I've kind of like developed confidence like at an early age. I don't know if it's just something you're born with or what. Like, yeah. But I had to move a lot growing up. So mm-hmm. I was born out in Mission Hills, which is out in this area. But I've lived in City Terrace, East LA, West Los Angeles, La Puente, Montebello, Pico, everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> in LA. <laughs> like... And that meant I had to go to a lot of different schools. I had to always introduce myself and be mm. the new kid and stuff. And, like, even though, like, if kids would pick on me and stuff like that, like, it, it might have affected me, but I kind of did the fake it till you make it thing where mm. I would be like, you know, I like, no, it doesn't affect me. Like, stand up for myself and stuff. And, like, I think all of that kind of helped mm. me nowadays, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't know if it's just something you're born with or something that happens through experience, mm. but... Cause I feel like that's the toughest step, whether you're making music or making art like you do, or even something like podcasting is like, a lot of people want to do it, but taking that first step and leaving like whatever full-time job you have, and maybe like you could do, you can manage to do both, but I feel like if you're really committed and want to do whatever lane of art you want to do and creation, mm-hmm. to quit that job sometimes is really challenging for people and like they don't have the confidence to go about it. They're like, oh, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? And I know that's something I struggle with too. Like I eventually want to quit like my full-time job and do just this Mm. and something else on the side. But like, I don't know, it's just definitely like, uh, it's a challenge. It's something that, you know, I talk with artists, they have that challenge as well. And when I talk with other people, they have that challenge. So it's something that's very common, like with people before they take that next step to pursue whatever lane that they are because they feel stuck sometimes, you know? And it's understandable too, especially when money comes into place. It's like, mm-hmm. you got to pay your damn bills. Like yeah. you got to eat, right? In order to do this thing that you're passionate about, you need to take care of you first. But I have a video on my channel about like me quitting my nine to five job. And I think like one piece of advice I gave in there um, is pretty much like, you know, if you're already living this lifestyle and you don't like it and you know that there's something else out there for you, you know, you can start planning while you're still in that struggle phase, Mm -hmm. like start saving up a little bit of money or start trying to make that side income so that you can, you know, you don't have to just quit the full-time job and go straight to being a full-time entrepreneur. Like even myself now, I'm still working Mm part-time. I got very, very, very lucky that my job is like from six in the morning to 1030. So when I come home, I still have the rest of the day to work on my art and stuff. Yeah. But you know, I'm, still not there yet and that's okay like so you kind of have to like move with phases and kind of just plan ahead you know Mm -hmm. like and it's part of it too is like this is the one life that we're gonna live and like you gotta take a risk on yourself like Mm -hmm. no one else is gonna take a chance on you if you don't take a chance on yourself and like my biggest thing in this world is and I live by this every single day is that success is when preparation meets opportunity Mm -hmm. all the success I've gained today even if it's in just you know listen i was living in garages with my my parents like Mm -hmm. in just back homes and just a little studio yeah you know growing up and so for me even just having this new place with two bedrooms two bath you know like this is an abundance for me it's a big thing and like 
how did I get here? How did I get to the successes? I had to prepare myself. I had to save and budget and whatever. And then one day we saw the opportunity, you know, we were looking for months and then we saw this one place and like it, it, it lined up. That's yeah. like that preparation met the opportunity. And that goes with anything in life. And it's like, if you want to get to that successful place, you need to start preparing now, mm-hmm. whether it's listening to YouTube videos about how to start a business, yeah. whether it's a, you know, you know, it, whatever goal you have in life if it's you want to be just a better person and stuff start setting that time aside to read those self-help books listen to a sermon or whatever the hell right like and then eventually an opportunity is going to come where you're going to be able to apply that knowledge and what's going to happen get success out of it like it always works like Mm -hmm. I've not been shown yet that it doesn't work like (laughs) so that that's my biggest advice to anybody who's like struggling with that like you got to take the risk for yourself but be smart about it yeah of don't course. just quit your job today yeah, exactly be a calculated risk taker <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well before we wrap things up i do want to ask what are some other goals that you have for the year 2020 um just personally as an artist i have been doing a lot of custom work mm-hmm. um, because that's where i get most of like my income from out of that art side of my career um my goal is to wrap up all the custom work that I have lined up for myself kind of by October and start doing original pieces. Mm-hmm. I kind of just want to share more of like the things that I'm interested in, the things that I want to paint, show you what my mm-hmm. style is and stuff and just yeah. see how people react and, and who vibes with it. You know, I feel like it's just going to allow me to be a lot more genuine and just open with my audience and stuff and hopefully it will help me build a bigger audience too because i know with custom work it's like all over the place you're like what is her brand you know yeah exactly and i just kind of want to um rebrand myself Mm -hmm. and that's my that's my goal for the end of 2020 as far as like youtube and stuff definitely keep growing on there yeah um it's super fun so i just come up with like content and stuff so I just want to keep just because I'm smoking. It's just yeah. an excuse to smoke, huh? That's dope. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to keep growing on that, and um, I just want to share from what I've learned in life so far. I think I've lived a very—I mean, everybody has a unique life, but I've gone through a lot of experience that I've learned from that I think a lot mm-hmm. of young adults are barely having to learn at this point. And I'm like, oh no, 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 I need to help y'all. Like, yeah, let's, give back. Let's yeah, give back. You know and. And just share good energy and stuff and have conversations, start conversations and mm-hmm. kind of like have an open space where, you know, I don't want people in my comments to be fighting and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, no, let's really talk about things mm-hmm. like because if it's my platform, I have control over it. So mm-hmm. those are my two goals there. And of course, you know, just keep spiritually growing mm-hmm. as a person. Find more about myself. I'm only 22. I think a lot of young people, we are so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know if it's just because of society or what, but sometimes it's like, baby girl, you are in your early 20s. You can yeah. make those mistakes. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, that's, those are the three parts of my life that I'm trying to... Yeah, I think people forget, just going with the age thing, how long life of how long of a life we have to live. You know what I'm saying? Let's say, like, the average age, I think, is, like, 70 or low 80s. Mm. Like, that's a long time. That's 60 more years if you're young 20s. So, yeah. you know, don't. there's no reason to be too hard on yourself now because you can always grow from things, even if it's 10, 15 years down the road and mm. still have 30, 40 years to live the life that you've created for yourself, you know? Right. You can look at it like that or, and it's still going to serve to the same point, <laughs> but if you look at it the other way, you could die tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it. still going to say, like, hey, you know, yeah. stop being so damn hard on yourself right like just so just enjoy living enjoy mm-hmm. being here right now you know mm-hmm. well said well before we wrap things up i do like to ask these fun quick hitters um if you could have any toppings on a pizza what would it be 
Hmm. Right now I'm craving ham and pineapple. Okay. And I don't know why it's been such a damn controversy. <laughs> it's like, if you don't want pineapple, just don't freaking order it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would it be? I would have um, a white and black tiger. Mm. I like tiger. Like the, like the snow, like the one like, that yeah. in Meg the Stallion's video or in the WAP video, right? That one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, I'd definitely have one of those if, you know, they were nice and not going to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could talk to any person in history, dead or alive, who would you want to talk to? Mm, that is a really good one. Um, dead or alive down in history. Uh... Just as of right now, I can't like, I don't know this person's name, but whoever was the first person to roll up some weed mm. and like have that experience. <laughs> I don't know what, if he just went around the town and was like, y'all need to try this. Like, yeah. I just want to find, I just would want to talk if somehow we could, you know, have some translator person, in between yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to find that person and just be like, dude, like what? Yeah. One, how did why did you even choose to do that? Why yeah. would you just randomly choose to smoke this yeah. plant? But I would want to find that person. It'd probably be like a native, huh? Like an indigenous person somewhere in like South America or something, huh? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think that would be cool. I don't know that person's name, but hey. <laughs> if you uh, if you were stranded on an island and food and water were provided, what are three things you'd want to bring to pass the time? I would definitely bring my easel with, you know, like canvas paint, my paint, my art supplies. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely bring a speaker with some music mm -hmm. and I'd probably be blasting R&B music. And the third thing I would bring, let's just say I was just trying to do a solo trip, right? I'm not trying to, of course, I'd be like, I want to bring my family and stuff. Yeah. If I was just doing a solo trip, I would probably... Take a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> okay. the three you said I got water, so yeah, I won't be true. hungover the next day. <laughs> Food. So, go. yeah, I would just want to vibe out. <laughs> okay. And then if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, I would tell myself to stop being so damn hard on myself. And I think that's something I need to learn still to this day. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm a lot better at accepting I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make wrong choices and stuff. But back then, yeah, I just wanted to be perfect. And I just wanted to, you know, make sure that whatever crowd I was in, I was being accepted. And now I'm like, I I really don't care now. And I feel like if I would have lived like that at a younger age, I probably would have, like, been a lot happier in certain moments of my life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, don't take shit so seriously. Don't care what people think about you like stop being so damn hard on yourself like yeah well said well before we go go ahead and plug wherever you can find youtube channel your art pages and wherever you can buy your artwork and that kind of thing okay so my youtube channel where you can join the smoke sesh is legendary lex that came from my ps4 like username <laughs> um on instagram you can find me at alexis o'neill art o'neill is o-n-e-a-l like shack no, he's not my dad. And um, on Twitter, you can find me at Alexis Star O'Neill. My Twitter got deleted like at a thousand followers, and yeah. I haven't been too consistent on there. But if y'all help me out, maybe I will. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And if you want to buy any prints off of me, um, or just kind of like stay up to date with my artwork and stuff like that on a more kind of professional level and see my portfolio, you can also go to alexisonealart.com. Wonderful. Yeah. What it do? We are back. 
and wrapping up episode 121 of the my mike and i podcast again i am noah alvarez and guys just really want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode if you really enjoyed that last episode and you're listening to apple podcast would really appreciate if you guys left a rating and review also be sure to check out any of the older podcasts in the library i have a lot of dope artists a lot of dope rappers a lot of dope clothing brand designers and ceos djs all that kind of good stuff and i'm looking to expand more and more and more so be sure to check out some of the more recent and some of the older episodes in the mike and i library if you're listening on any of those other platforms too be sure to just hit that follow and subscribe button leave a like or a comment if you can share it on your social media share it with a friend family member uh, whoever it may be i just greatly appreciate any promotion i can get with the podcast Thank you to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental. Thank you to Vince Correa for designing the My Mike and I logo. And uh, yeah, you know, thanks for everyone for supporting me, whether it's through the podcast or the Instagram page, buying stickers. Man, shout out to everybody. You know, 2020 has been one hell of a year, but I'm still trying to do this thing. And it's uh, it's been it's been challenging as of late. And I, I understand, you know, a lot of you guys are going through your own challenges as well. So I just hope we can get through our challenges together. And just, you know, I hope we have that courage, that strength that the, uh, the the drive to get through and still accomplish our goals remember chase dreams not checks and never stop seeking knowledge guys best wishes to all every single one of you uh you know whatever battles you're going through and yeah thank you again to alexis for being on this week's show and i think i'm just gonna wrap it up here because uh i'm running out of stuff to say yeah love you guys thank you for tuning in to episode 121 of the mike and i podcast i am your host noah alvarez Signing off. Till next time.